When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. Sabrina and I are super excited, as we always are, because we really do enjoy doing this, to connect with someone today who's in a good, in all over the place in a good way. Teddy, <laughs> Teddy Mellencamp, how are you? I am good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. We're good. And you and I were just catching up that we have uh, a bazillion mutual friends through the horses, through riding. Yep. Barn girls. Yeah. Certain breed of us. We're crazy. Crazy. Like you can't get enough of it. And then when you get enough of it, you think you can stay away until you get a taste again. And then you're right back in. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I, I stopped while I was in college, and then I got right back in. And then I stopped again after I had after my son. I think Cooper was about three when I stopped, and I was going through my divorce. And my ex husband's a professional. It just got too 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 complicated. Yeah, it was it was a little complicated. Plus, she was always trying to get me to go for a ride. I'm like, no, I only do mechanical bulls. That's it. I'm good. There's so many things I could go, I could say right now that I'm not going to because I love your husband and I think he would probably be really mad if I went there right this second. Um, so only because I love Curtis, I'm not going to make the 17 jokes that went through my head. Welcome, Teddy. <laughs> so let's start with. Uh, all in with Teddy. Yes. Where did the idea come from? So, you know, I had, speaking of horses, I had been a professional for about 10 years, traveled all the time, just kind of lived and breathed, riding, winning, competing. That's kind of the only life that I knew. And then I met my husband and he had a daughter already. And immediately I fell in love with her and I fell in love with him. And we started building this life together and then, you know, we got married and we decided we wanted to have kids and kind of started going down that route. I couldn't get pregnant naturally. I had to do, um, you know, IUI, IVF, all of these different things. And then I found myself after my second child, I had, you know, fluctuated weight, of course, because I had a baby. But after I had had my son, I was gaining more weight, but mainly I was losing myself, my mental sanity. Like I was... I felt lost in my own like skin. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was so used to like working 24 seven at the barn that like I lost a sense of self. And it got to the point where it's putting strain on our marriage because my husband would come home and I would look to him to validate my day. Like, this is what I did with the kids today. Like validate me, make me feel yeah. okay. And, you know, he'd be like, great. Okay. Good. You know, like he was trying to be supportive, but there's only so much somebody else can help you when you're not in a place where you, where you can help yourself. Right. And then finally, after about a year of this, I was like, enough, 
I'm sick of being a misery loves company person and like venting all the time and not doing anything about it. And I said, um, I started a new Instagram, wasn't the best name at the time. It's gotten better with age. Um, And I just said, hi, my name's Teddy and I'm going to change my life today. Follow along if you're interested. And I used Instagram to hold me accountable to these life changes that I wanted to make. And originally it was just about me. The first year was just like about taking action to feel better. And then with that, a business was formed because people were like, I want to do what you're doing, but I don't want to do it on Instagram. Like I want to be held accountable to the changes that I want to make. And, you know, that's how it really started. And now I'm so lucky because I have a community of over 20,000 people that have now done the program and lived this lifestyle. And I'm super happy. What were the changes you wanted to make? You know, for example, like I always would say things to my husband, well, like I can't exercise because I don't have a personal trainer. I can't do, you know, like I'd be, I'd make these things up in my head where like, I can go on a walk. I can put my baby in a stroller and go on a walk. I can put on a YouTube video. I can go on a bike ride. You know what? I can actually play these sports with my kids. I can be involved. I can move my body or you know what? I can educate myself or I'm not a good cook, so I can't eat healthy. Well, I'm still not a good cook, but now I know the Mm -hmm. right things to buy at the grocery store that are going to nourish me and the family that we all enjoy and we like. And it's not that difficult when you actually learn the tools. I grew up on like diet Dr. Pepper and string cheese. I had no idea like what to do. And so I, you know, it was really just about educating myself and making healthy choices and also learning that like, there's not really such thing as balance in my, in my mind, but there is such a thing of making like decisions on your options. So like if I went out to dinner with my friends, I don't have to have the wine and the dessert and this, and that I can say, you know what, I'm happy with dessert tonight. Or I, you know, I would like to have wine tonight and making those choices. So I didn't feel like I was ever missing out on something. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I, I lived on diet Coke, pop tarts and French fries for (laughs) a long time. And it worked and it worked for a long time. At one point though, your body's like, nah, 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 not so much anymore. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It it sounds like it's your mental state. You've, you've really got to change the way you start to process things. And that's what you did. You made a conscious decision one day, opening that Instagram account and was like, you know what? Today is a new day. I've got to take some steps forward instead of just staying here. And I don't mean to say be mean by saying wallowing, but you kind of do when you just kind of stay there and linger in whatever that energy is. I mean, what I found was the most unhappy I've ever been in my life is when I'm sitting in a place of complacency. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think that, you know, as a kid, when you grow up, you think, oh, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to get married, have kids, do or whatever it may be, whatever your life dream as a child. And then I'm just going to be happy. But no, you have to continue to create yourself and grow and step into new things and learn new things about yourself. And it's so much more than that, like transformation photo or whatever it may have been that draw pe- drew people in. It was really about how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then all the, oh, go ahead. You call yourself an accountability coach. How, explain how accountability helps not just you, but other people. Okay. So the biggest thing is like the reason 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February is because you say, I'm going to, all right, it's January 1. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this every day of the year. 
most likely you're probably not, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have somebody, an accountability coach or whatever it is that you want to call it, that is going to hold you accountable to whatever that is that you're saying, you know, it could be anything. I'm going to be journal. I'm going to, I'm going to journal five minutes a day, or I'm going to do my devotional five minutes a day, or I'm going to go on a daily walk, whatever it may be. If you have somebody that's on your team that you're sending that proof to and saying, great, good job. You did it. Or if you're on day five and all of a sudden you don't want to do what you've committed to doing, then we can say, Hey, remember how you felt day one? Remember why you signed up? Remember, like, and I can resend you those messages you originally sent me, or I can say, you know, I've lived this. I feel you. I get it. But, you know, it's three minutes. Let's do this. You know, like, right. The friend that's going to tell you what you need to hear versus what you want to hear. Which is so important. There has been some criticism about the diet aspect of your program. But on the other hand, you have had tremendous success. How do you, I mean, how do you answer the criticism? I mean, you've been very vocal in saying that this isn't for everybody. I think that, and that's exactly how I feel. I think that if you're signing up for the program, it's because you are wanting to make some changes in your life. I'm not out there trying to force you to do something you don't want to do. And that's why we have, you know, on our website, certain protocols that you fill out. And if something doesn't sit well with you, then you shouldn't do the program. But if you're someone like me that needs support, accountability, and needs to actually get certain things done, and that's something that's good for you, some people don't respond well to that. They want to do it on their own and they don't want that pressure. I need it. Mm-hmm. I need that person in the morning going, Hey, good morning. Here's this quote for you. And here's what I'm going to tell you about the day. And like, let's go kick some butt today. Shall we? Like, right. I, but if you don't want that, don't sign up. Right. It's your choice. It's your choice. And you know, a lot of the, the, you know, when the controversy was coming around was people that weren't doing the program, you know, they'd never been through the program. And, you know, I never want to hurt or upset anybody. And this has always been something that I'm extremely passionate about and I love, and that's always my primary focus. And if it's something that works for you and sounds good for you, do it. If it's not, don't. You've been really opening, open about struggling with um, weight gain and eating disorders. And, you know, I think it's so important when people share their stories How do you um, make sure that people don't take your program to an extreme? Because I think that with all programs, people can get, go too far down the rabbit hole. And I think as the owner of a company and the face of a company and a success story of your own company, how do you make sure that what what are the safety stops to make sure that someone isn't going way too far? If there's ever a red flag, we have a checks and balances on every, on every client, there is multiple coaches. And then if there's ever a red flag, that's when then we would say, you need to, we need a doctor's note. We need you to go down this route so that we make sure that we're all keeping healthy boundaries here. And, and, and that's the truth. And you can only go off of, what what the information that you're Mm -hmm. given, but we 1 million percent, if there's ever a red flag, the first thing that we do is like, we need a doctor's note for you to continue. And we go from there because we, we're not doctors. No, but you, you, you've created a lifestyle program, which I think is fascinating. How did, who are you accountable to? 
I have my, you know, the, the coolest thing about my program is that every single one of the coaches that work at All In were once clients. So, I mean, I have my, I'm actually going to be doing kickstart next week. Well, the 22nd of February, and I'll have a team of like five coaches on it. And we'll like, we're just doing a kickstart to get ourselves back in that. Cause I broke my foot. So I'm like, Oh, like, how'd you do that? Playing pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, I have my team and it, luckily I've built the support system that I always craved and needed. And it's right there now, like with my team. So I'm excited. That's why your business is so successful. You have a good support system. You have a solid team and that keeps the machine running and going. And I live and breathe it. And I'm empathetic to the the highs and the lows of, of what this pandemic has done for so many people. And so many of us just want to know that we're not alone. Right, right, absolutely. Okay, I would be remiss if we didn't cover two other topics. Okay. Because we got to go to the shallow end of the pool now, Teddy. So follow <laughs> us. Go yeah. with us. As I always say, I go, I paddle around in the deep end, and then I'm much happier, though, walking around the shallow end with a cocktail in my hand. <laughs> so let's go get that cocktail. All right, let's um, go. Real Housewives. Yes. You decided or you were not invited back for what would have been your third season? Uh, it would have been my fourth, fourth. and um, yeah, my contract was not renewed. Okay. What happened? I mean, you were at the center of a shit storm. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't work at the companies that, you know, <laughs> do yeah. our contracts, but I know I was every season that I was on, I was definitely in the center of the drama, but I think what kind of stopped towards the end was you didn't see much of my other life. So I think if you're only seeing a person in a dramatic setting, you don't really know them anymore. I think so many people resonated with me my first season because you saw me with my kids. You saw me with my husband. You saw me struggling. You saw me having successes. You saw me riding horses. You saw all, you saw me as a full person. But there was more was, depth. Yeah. So if you only see a person in one setting, so I'm pregnant. I am put in a situation where somebody's talking about me. I'm having to try to defend myself and figure out information. You're not seeing a real full picture there. And I'm not blaming editing. It's exactly how it happened. But I think you, in order to continue on in that exact setting, you have to be able to see more so you can relate to the person. No, I, I understand that completely, having come out of all those different worlds. Um were you actually close with any of the other women on the show before the show started? Before the show started, no. I had, um, like, right when I started, met Dorit. And then once the show started, I became uh, very close with Kyle and then formed a friendship with, you know, Rena and Erica and everybody. And, you know, it, then it all becomes very real. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, you're... It's, you see these people six days a week or sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't think part, very much a part of your life. I don't think people really know how much time and energy goes into making a reality show or a, a docu soap or whatever we call it now, um, where it really takes over your life. For sure. And you know, there are moments where you have sad, like there's that almost a feeling of rejection. If your contract isn't renewed, it's human nature. But then there's also moments going, we're in a pandemic right now. And like, 
my kids really needed me right at this moment. Like I could, it would have been very hard for me to be going out to dinner every night and arguing with people at this point. (laughs) But you know what? We have different seasons in our life. And that was the end of that season. And and look at where you are now. You are in, you know, a different time and different season in your life. And it's very positive. You're giving back. You know, it's great, I feel like. So I'm that person where I'm like, I'm not even looking back. I'm constantly looking forward. <laughs> I, I feel you. And I truly like I have a vision board. There are things I have so many dreams and so many things that I'm looking forward to that. Like, I'm really happy that it happened. I created some great friendships. I, you know, I love the, the crew. I loved learning about being on a show and forming those relationships. And the ones that are true are still there today. Sure. Now we got it. We got to address that you were in the midst of revealing a possible affair between Brandy and Denise. Did they or didn't they? You know, the truth is, I know this is going to sound bad. I don't care. (laughs) I'm never about that. I don't care if they- Good for you, Good. Love that answer. I don't care either. But my point was, is it's already on camera. If somebody tells you information on camera, it's already out there. When they say, like, she revealed this information. No, I didn't. I listened as it was revealed to me on camera. On camera. As I always say about things, you can't wish them away. (laughs) You know, you can't wish it away. You Mm -hmm. said it on camera. You're, you know, you you can't. Pretend you didn't say it. No, I could have chosen not to be the messenger after that part and then blindsided her at the reunion. Would that have been better? Would you have hated me less? Probably not. So, you know, it is what it is. And that's kind of how I had to look at it. Like I was given this information. There was also a piece of the puzzle that involved me about somebody talking poorly about me. I can either blindside her or I can have the conversation in person. Either way, already out there. Right. I see. I don't think I could do a show like Real Housewives. I just don't think. I, I think I would get too flipped out about people talking about me. I don't know. I just. I don't think I could do it. So props to you for having the guts to do it. I well, say she's a she's a real G. She was like next. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing I always chose, which kind of bit me in the butt sometimes to have the conversation versus have it behind somebody's back. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't, that doesn't look so good. But you know what? To me, Teddy, that defines a real woman. Woman to woman, I'm going to say what I need to say to you. Like it, leave it, love it. Have a nice day. Yeah, it may be awkward as hell having to do it, but I got to get it out there because I can't be hiding stuff behind your right. back. Right. Why do you want to carry that weight? I can't. And it's and, and and you know when you sign up for a television show, everything's on the table. It is a yes. decision you've made when you sign up. Well, and you can't control the edit. You That's can't control the edit. Right. There were mm-hmm. times that I was on the show where I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that's never shown it's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in my life or there were times I thought it was going to be terrible for me like I got really drunk one episode like terribly drunk when we were in Provence like a hot freaking mess and that was my best episode ever like people (laughs) can't control what people like or relate to like I was terrified I called everyone I know and I was like I'm ashamed I'm shameful I'm so embarrassed like I don't even know what happened I was in another country and I just wine tasting for hours (laughs) 
honestly, people were like, yes, queen. I was like, what? <laughs> Um, I got to ask you a little bit about two parts of your childhood because we're, we've had very similar experiences. Your dad, John Mellencamp, did you grow up on the road? I grew up on the road. See, I didn't really grow up on the road. A lot of people think that I did, but by the time, so I don't want to say famous, but the time his like hit song was 1981. That was the year I was born. So right when him and my mom started getting together, that's when his fame started rising and he started becoming more popular and touring. So I was on the road a little bit, but pre me being aware of it. Right. And they were already divorced by the time I was in the second grade. So I would go visit, but I wasn't on the road. Like my little brothers were on the road. Right. They were with, you know, his wife at the time and their like their mom and my dad, and they were on the road on tour. That was not my life. That was I lived with my mom and my sister and we would go visit my dad who sometimes would be on the road. Right. Mm -hmm. Did you ever spend time, you know, obviously at concerts and this and that. And I know for me personally, having grown up on the road and always being backstage and like they always say, no matter how big you get, you always exit and enter through the kitchen. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because no matter what, you're still a performer. You're still the help. um, Even when you're a rock star. Um, I find it very hard to go to concerts or performances or plays and not be able to go backstage. Like it always feels awkward to me. And I feel like I have trouble sometimes disconnecting and just watching the performances. Do you I know, told, she totally has trouble doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, I worked for my dad for a year um, when I was like, I, I was like one of the road managers, but like really I was the secretary and you know sat back and like took notes and was really like a part of it and i saw how much work went into it it was an it's like it's an insane amount of work everybody is so talented at what they did but to be perfectly honest i'm not a huge concert person in general like i i'm more of a and i don't i love listening to music but i it's not something i'm missing in my current in this current life, but I know that so many people are, there are people that go to concerts all over the, you know, the world because they're craving that. But for me, I was never really a concert person in general. Like I love my dad. I love his music, but I could take it or leave it. But for me, it's not even that I want to go to these things. It's like, I literally have trouble when I do because I'm so not used to being a paid audience member. It's a different different experience for her. I've, I've been with her and to watch her kind of go through it. It's like, it's almost like she's just so used to being behind the curtain. She just doesn't like feel right in her skin, not being a part of that. If that kind of makes sense. I think it makes, I think I was more kind of always not behind the curtain. So I was probably more of a fangirl. (laughs) And we had, because that we were talking about that we both rode competitively and you one, one spends and you rode professionally a lot of time on the road. And I was wondering, because I think one of the reasons that that was such a, comfortable space for me was because I grew up on the road. For, for me, riding horses was what pretty much saved me as a kid. Like I was on the road without my parents and going from horse show to horse show, living with my trainers or other kids that were also on the road. We'd go to like those Sylvan learning centers to like keep track of our schoolwork. But 
it's what kept me out of trouble. I would say like my worst year behavior wise was eighth grade. And that was the year I wasn't really into riding. Like I was taking a little break. And then I was, you know, way more into boys, way more into experimenting with everything. And then all of a sudden I got back into horses and everything else kind of shifted. I was like, this is my priority. My priority is making sure that I wake up and I'm on point for the show tomorrow, not I'm a hot mess express regretting decisions that I made at 15 years old with my friends out drinking in a field. Right. right. Which mm-hmm. at the horse show world, it's what you do at 15. Yeah. Well, we finally had to make Melissa get off the horses because she was still riding pregnant with Cooper. And I had to go out there threatening her. And yeah, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. And then at one point I did, I'm like, you know what? And and the when I knew it was time to hang up, I, because I rode the jumpers, I was galloping to the first fence in on a warm up day. And I think it was, you know, whatever it was, it wasn't a big class. And I heard Cooper's voice. Oh, he was over on a berm. And yeah. I hadn't even broken the timers yet, which for anyone who doesn't ride, that means nothing. And I realized if that's where, if I can hear his voice that far away, as I'm in the ring and about to jump the first fence, I am not focused enough. I know. And, for, yeah, I, I hear you. And fear develops after you become a mother too. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I- I, Are you gonna, before. I can't believe you're letting your kids ride. Well, it's because it, I'm telling you, it saved me like mentally. Like I, and I, I craved going and having that, like that team and the camaraderie with the other people that rode. And I just loved it. And seeing my kids now go and like our horses, Cherry, they love him and they take care of him. And I don't let them be like the standard, like LA riding kids. I'm like, no, you're going to actually take care of him and pick his feet and clean your tack and give him a bath. Like we're, we're not rushing in for our, our lesson and heading out like right. we're gonna work or else we're not going to do this. Which is a great way to do it. Teddy, it is a pleasure to meet you, even if it's only via podcast and Zoom. <laughs> Virtually. And would love to have you back whenever you have something to share. Thank you. And I would love to have you guys on Teddy Teapod too. We dig into all the different juice that's going on. So, ooh, ooh. It's, it's a, a date. date.